down here, are you? Dude, I fucking love that song, bro. I'm 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 liking <laughs> it less and shit. less every time. You every like it episode. less and less. Chelsea, yeah. how do you feel? What, about the movie Mania? Yeah, about the theme song. Honestly, I tune it out. She was compelled Damn. to take her headphones off. I saw it. It was, it was like a reaction. Li- it was a little loud. Yeah. Bro, that face. shit is so tight. So here we are. We are back for another movie mania. And this week, what are we talking about, Derek? Anger management. Now, I, we got to go ahead and start this off. Derek is the biggest Adam Sandler hater I've ever met in my entire it's life. It's just, it, this is not true. I mean, maybe that you've ever met, maybe. Because I would imagine that most people that you hang out with, like, you know, probably like Adam Sandler movies. I Damn, just don't. I feel like that's some kind of fucking diss. Without, I don't really can't understand. The no, kids, it's. So. I mean, most people just really love Adam Sandler. You and hang like, out with them Adam Sandler lovers. <laughs> and I'm not. A, I'm not as huge of a fan of all of his works. Well, we're going to talk about this one, and we're going to let Chelsea do what she does best, and she's going to lay out an outline. Oh yeah. Um. Well, first of all, I just wanted to know if you are still an Adam Sandler hater. Yeah, that movie fucking movie. sucked, man. Damn. <laughs> We're just terrible. not even on the same. I don't even understand you, dog. Go ahead, Chelsea. <laughs> I don't understand it either. I I love this movie, and it, I'm glad it's the uh, first one, like, comedy one that we did. Bro, I laughed till I cried on several occasions. You were also pretty hooterized. I, I absolutely We was. had to watch this in a two-day block because yes. he got so hooterized the first night. He was like, no, oh, I'm good, baby. I'm good. <sighs> <laughs> and he, I'm like, are you watching the movie? And he's like, oh fuck, man, CBD well, legal off. He was something. like, just, just, just keep watching it. I'll, I'll pick it up and I'll watch it in the morning because I know you don't get up in the morning. I'm like, we'll just pause it and watch it together. But um, we're talking about anger management, and it's a 2003 American buddy comedy film directed by Peter Segal and written by David S. Dorfman. It stars Adam Sandler, Jack Nicholson, Marissa Tomei, Luis Guzman, Woody Harrelson, and John Turturro. Those are, that's a very loose, uh, a loose usage of the word starring. Oh my God. The film tells the story of a businessman who is sentenced to an anger management program under a renowned therapist with unconventional methods. So it was released in theaters on April 11th, 2003 by Columbia Pictures. It received mixed reviews, as you will probably hear from this podcast, um, engrossed $195 million against a $75 million budget. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, people that, was, lo- that was a home run, baby. People love those Adam Sandler movies, dude. Fuck yeah, because they're good. Hubie Halloween, baby. <laughs> so despite, because your first question about this movie when we mentioned doing this on the last movie mania was something about like what kind of i guess character would adam sandler like you were kind of pigeonholing him into whatever character he played a normal guy he played the straight man to uh to fucking jack nicholson's absolute fucking maniac and i ain't gonna lie jack nicholson looked like he was having a fucking fantastic time and he chewed up the scenes in every single scene he was in and right. uh, I mean, you know, that despite was despite Jack Nicholson in his, I I loved it. I it bro. was if the it wasn't so much the the it wasn't so much the parts that I hated. I mean, there were definitely parts of the movie that I fucking thought were just which I'm atrocious. sure are the the it niche was, Adam Sandler comedy moments, right? Kind of, but it was kind of the sum of everything. Was probably the most frustrating fucking movie I think I've ever watched. What? It was just, wow. it, I just did not enjoy, I wanted it to end <laughs> Damn. like from the first 15 minutes. I was like, oh my God, I got to fucking, I'm like in this now. I got to do this now. Damn. Sounds like you need to goose fra a little bit. <laughs> that, that is being one of the very first fucking thing. <laughs> what the fuck is that, dude? You know what this shit is like? It's like some dude that just sitting around and he's like, I'm going to just fucking come up with a word. I need a word here. Oh, uh, I don't know what a goose goose fra, goose fraba. Um, oh, that's it. It is oh, a word, right. an word that right? Eskimos use to calm their children due yeah. to its soothing sound. Have you done the research on that? Is no, that real? No, I have not. Let me do that real quick. <laughs> oh, I thought you just made that off the top of your dome. I was no, say, that's what they, yeah, that was the explanation tight. in the movie. I say, I believe that. <laughs> it was, that's dude, fucking I love dude. Jack Nicholson in this movie, bro. I, I mean, I like him in the movie, too. Stop. So good. All right, go ahead, Chelsea. Goosefraba is actually a word that Eskimos use to calm their children down. Okay. Okay. Well, congratulations on the... Uh, so there was the, some thought that went into it. Yeah, congratulations for him for doing his research. 
<laughs> it's still a fucking stupid sounding word. It is a stupid sounding so word. So you're you're not hating on them because you thought they created a stupid word. So you're not hating on them at this point in time. You're hating on the Eskimos. You hate is what Eskimos is what you're trying to say, Derek. No, I don't hate Eskimos, but I mean, every fucking, every culture has some shit that I fucking think is preposterously stupid. And if that's the word that they use to cool or quell their fucking children's tempers, then that's a stupid fucking word. Shit, in Alabama, they just say, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Shut the fuck up. And that's probably half the problem right yeah, there. Yeah, true that. I would have much preferred goose frabba. <laughs> goose well, let's frabba. lay this thing out, boo. Absolutely. So we start the movie in 1978 Brooklyn with a young David Busnick. And it's very 70s themed. There's kids running all around with the fire hydrants going. And it had a Wonder Years feel to it, for sure. Uh, he's wearing a, a, what, what was the, she was wearing a chip shirt and he uh, was wearing a he's wearing some shirt. shirt. I don't know. Um, but basically it shows this poor young boy about to have his first kiss and it's supposed to be exciting and wonderful and, and whatever. And, uh, there's fucking Arnie Shankman with his stupid goddamn mean ass. And he comes in pants, uh, pants. David Busnick. Yeah. Pants. Pants. Pants is the plural pants of pants. And, I, and as I saw that, I, I thought, oh, man, I wonder how that's going to come into play at the very end of the movie. Well, poor Dave had a little tiny weenie. As was, you know, as <laughs> how, illustrated. How they described. They were doing the little. The, little, the old ladies were like. Like uh, what's laughing the word? at him, everybody was laughing, tittering at him, and yeah. laughing, pointing. Obviously, it was small. So, twenty five years later, after that horribly traumatic event happened to this poor young boy, I mean, can we can we touch on that for a second? <laughs> we'll touch um, on the poor young boy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, Creepy can, can we can we think about what it must be like for a bunch of old people to sit around and look at a prepubescent boy's penis and laugh at it for being small? Derek is going way too deep on this boy's penis. I mean, but, but seriously, how fucked up is that? Is that funny? Is that funny, deal? I don't. In the 70s, it might have been. I don't know. I wasn't alive. I watched alive. it in 2021. I don't know about y'all. I wasn't alive in 1978, Brooklyn, when they were performing all of these comedic whatever. So I'm just going with the flow of the story, bro. This shit I, was funny. This I shit think, was funny. I think that it is somebody who has a very fucking skewed like idea of what is humorous putting something silly about a fucking prepubescent boy's penis in there for a cheap laugh. I figured the cheap laugh. This is what the biggest Adam Sandler. This is what, this is what I'm going to be doing the whole time. So y'all get ready. (laughs) Talking about little boys penises the whole time. (laughs) Y'all get ready. Well, there's, I mean, there's plenty of penis jokes in this movie. It was the Mm. only way they could mine a laugh out of anybody. (laughs) Go ahead. boo. Don't even know. What to say. It was funny because the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, "Derek's gonna hate that part. Derek's gonna hate that." Like as soon as they, they did, like the um, Arnie Shankman's sister and her like sitting there all crazy in the straight jacket and shit, I was like, "Oh, that that's gonna be Derek's gonna pick that apart." And then the kid walking away with the underwear hanging with the the after Arnie gave him like an atomic wedgie, I was like he's gonna think that's lame or whatever. It's just that like, it was because <laughs> number one, the fucking underwear were so big that they couldn't have possibly been on that child. He stretched them that far. The wedgie was so bad, the underwear was stretched. Underwear, that much. underwear don't do that. Underwear, when it stretches, it just fucking rips. Now, if they had had some torn-ass underwear hanging down, that might have been funny. See, this is the problem with Adam Sandler movies, man, is that these motherfuckers try to use a hammer for every single fucking joke when sometimes you need a paintbrush or sometimes you need a screwdriver. These motherfuckers try to hit you over the head with every single thing all the time. There's no subtlety. There's no, like, nuance to any of the jokes. Bro, it's a fucking movie, dog. It's it so crazy like how Derek will pick a part. read Nobody Knows. <laughs> it sounds like you need to have a little chit-chat with Buddy Rydell right now. I'm not mad about anything. I'm explaining <laughs> my point of view. This is what Movie Mania is about. See, there are two types of anger, Derek. <laughs> uh-huh. Adam oh, Sandler. Oh, I've got, I've got plenty of that implosive anger, I promise you. One day we're going to find an Adam Sandler movie Derek likes. I've told you about fucking five or six of them that I really like. Uh, most, the one that everybody fucking hates, I love. I love That's My Boy. 
I thought that's my boy was fucking hilarious. That was but, a good one. I like that. Nobody one. fucking likes that shit. I, I like, like I like Andy Samberg. So. I, yeah, I like Andy Samberg. I like fucking Fifty First Dates. I I love the Wedding Singer. I think Wedding Singer is his best movie. That was a tight one. I love um, Wedding Singer too. I liked. Uh, what did I say? Fifty Hubie First Halloween. Dates. You said you. Liked I don't Hubie like Hubie Halloween. Halloween at all. Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore are funny. I mean, dude, I'm not like the Adam Classics. Sandler hate. I'm not like super Adam Sandler hate. But he put out in like from 2000 to now. He's put out like five good movies, and they were like dramatic movies. All yeah. of his comedies are fucking lame. Yeah, I love them all. I watch every single. Honestly, one of them. this one though, anger management. Jack Nicholson and Woody Harrelson sold it for me. Bro, Jack Nicholson I made the movie. It. it was awesome, dude. Absolutely. When he got in the bed with him, and he's like, "Yeah, I sleep in the nude." <laughs> yeah. Took his shit off, and then rolled over and <laughs> cuddled with him, dude. I mean, dude, I, I, yeah, funny. I ain't gonna lie. I, I had a little giggle at that. There was, a, <laughs> there was a, I mean, there was a couple of funny moments, and they were Jack Nicholson moments. There was no funny moments from you know anybody what, and else. that's what I kind of like about this movie with Adam Sandler because normally he's the guy making all the funny. He's like the one doing all the funny shit. This time, Jack Nicholson took the lead on that, and he kind of was just like the the butt end of all the jokes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that was that would have been a good premise if they had done it right because I didn't feel like Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson had any chemistry. I felt like they were just kind of like on screen together, but not really like acting together. Well, according to all the trivia, Jack Nicholson had a blast doing this. Oh, movie. I bet he did. He looked like he was having a fucking great dude. Time. That's gotta be super intimidating, dude. If you're an actor, especially like someone like Adam, Adam Sandler, who does comedy and to be in a movie with Jack Nicholson, someone who is a fucking legend. That's kind of what I felt like it was like, yeah. like Adam Sandler was sitting in the presence of this dude who had like a real, who, real who was legit. like a fucking legit talent. Yeah, not to say actor, that Adam yeah. Sandler isn't talented. He's a funny dude. Yeah. But Jack Nicholson is a fucking legend, and it felt like Adam Sandler was giving deference to him for the entire movie. So they weren't, like, playing off of each other. It was Jack Nicholson going fucking crazy, and Adam Sandler just kind of, like, not trying to step on his toes. Well, before we get too far off the tracks, Chelsea. Let's go back into the plot. (laughs) Let's get back in the train. So we left off on a complete rant after we discussed the opening, kind of setting the, the tone for why Dave Buznick is a neurotic mess. Um, 25 years later, he works as a secretary for his boss named Frank. And Frank is, you know, being painted as an asshole early on. And we see he's in the airport with his girlfriend, Linda. And so we see how that scene in the 70s affects him to this day when he can't publicly display affection to Linda. So he can't, like, she wants a kiss before he gets on the plane. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not comfortable with the public, you know, whatever. And um, she kind of makes light on it. But um, so they get on the airplane, and it automatically starts with somebody's in Adam Sandler's seat, someone's in Dave's seat, and the guy's just like, hey, um... You know, go. You can just sit in my seat. Like, let me have this seat. I'm already set. I'm already settled in. Go sit in my seat. And it, sh- it shows a shot of these two very robust people leaning in towards the, <laughs> their, their center there, center that. of mass. Uh, into they're gravitating towards the middle seat where Dave is supposed to sit. Now, um, it looks like it's going to be a very uncomfortable situation for Dave on this plane ride until this gentleman steps in and says, "Hey." My seat's empty right here. You can sit with me. So he proceeds to sit next to this this guy. Um, and just for sake of keeping the story going, it's Buddy Rydell. We find out it's the, the whole, I guess, is Buddy the protagonist or antagonist of this movie? He's the antagonist for sure. Okay, so Dave is now sitting next to what who is to become the antagonist of this movie, and it automatically doesn't start off on a good foot when he puts down the armrest. And Buddy's like, you know, are we going to have problems? You know, this is my <laughs> this is my side of the armrest. You know, and then it escalates, and he's trying to sleep, and Buddy's trying to watch a movie. He's uh, laughing what's the word? hysterically. I mean, hysterically <laughs> laughing, just obnoxiously laughing, and won't let him get any sleep. Tells him to get a headset. The stewardess, uh, you know, won't get a headset for him in time, blah, blah, blah. And he's he's speaking in a very calm demeanor. And uh, basically his buttons keep getting pushed, but he keeps urging him to speak up. And, you know, why don't you have your headphones yet? And the stewardess comes over. Dave is like, excuse me, miss. Can I please get the headphones? Well, he touched her arm. And then, yeah, as she <laughs> passes by, he touches her elbow and he's like, excuse <laughs> me, miss. Can I please get my headphones? And she's like, sir, stop yelling. 
And it just keeps going on and on until he's like, I'm not yelling. I'm talking. Sir, I'm going to need you to calm down. And then the air marshal shows up. And then he says there was the, the what's with you people? And of course, the air marshal is black. So he's you people. He's like, no, I didn't mean that. What's wrong with you people? Like all of you people. I'm not getting excited where, where he's obviously getting a little agitated. And uh, so then it turns into the air marshal grabbing him and they say he assaulted this stewardess then we were in a courtroom basically mm-hmm. so dave loses his temper um he gets tasered by the sky marshal and he's in the courtroom with the lawyer the lawyer obviously isn't doing a very good fucking job and then worst he, lawyer ever dude pretty much mm-hmm. so he gets sentenced to like 30 days of anger management classes in court he goes to these anger management classes um, picks up a book in, that's in the class setting, turns it around, notices it's the guy he's sitting next to on the plane the entire time. So he goes up to the guy and he's like, hey, you know, you were there, um, you know. Yeah. Can you just, I'm just, just sign gonna, off on this. Yeah. Just <laughs> sign off on the paper. You were there. You know that I didn't assault that, you know, stewardess or whatever. Cause what happened basically in the ruckus, she fell and hurt her arm or something like that. <laughs> so she's in court with like a sling or some shit. I don't know. I don't think she, I don't think she fell or anything. I think that she was just saying that because he touched her on the arm, that that was aggravated assault. Yeah. This is where the frustrations of the movie begin because it's, it's taken me out because I'm like, this shit is so unbelievable. Like it's a it's fucking so, movie, bro. <laughs> yeah, but like in a movie, there has to be like some sort of. Dude, you watched Lord of the Rings, lived your life that's by what, that for that, years. Dude, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> bro. That's what I'm saying. It was easier for me to believe that what was happening in Lord of the Rings was oh like legitimate than it was for me to believe that what was happening in this. now so you couldn't believe that there was a you know a misunderstanding on an airplane, an overzealous court system. You know, a judge that handed down a particularly harsh verdict and someone, I mean, it wasn't terribly harsh. I mean, he just got sentenced to 30 days in anger management. So for me, if the charge was aggravated assault or whatever, I mean, federally, if it was on an airplane, it should have been federal, I would assume. And then he only gets sentenced to 30 days anger management. I don't think that's overkill. Yeah. I think that's more believable than she would have been like, hey, 30 days in prison. So you believe that you believe that a stewardess who was hired to work on an airline who's probably presumably been doing this for some amount of time is going to go through all of the fucking rigmarole that she went through rather than just getting this guy the one thing that he politely asked for. Well, number one, if she did that, then we wouldn't have part of the plot of the movie. Number two, um I mean, I think anybody's capable of anything. And yeah, you think, look at all these news things that have come out even in the past couple of years about people getting into scuffles on, on flights. I mean, some McDonald's. Of them, yeah, I mean, some of them are you on some, point. Like some of them were deserved. There were people being assholes and they're, you know, I, I feel like anybody can get frustrated at their job or, you know, maybe she had a bad fucking day. Maybe she was just trying to chat with her and buddy. That was and this the last dude wouldn't, thing. Yeah, the dude wouldn't fucking leave her alone about some goddamn headphones. So she's like, you know fuck you like giving him a hard time and then here comes the disgruntled air marshal and just you know well as soon as i saw buddy like i already knew okay this whole thing's set up like a like yeah no yeah it's teach teach him something it's a telegraph i mean it's totally telegraphed because you know that there's no reason for this guy to be there but goddamn it was funny (laughs) keep it going girl um Okay, so he's in the uh, anger management class. He's talking to Buddy, and Buddy's like, look, dude, I can't, I wouldn't feel right just signing off on your papers. How about you just sit through one class, and we'll take it from there. And he's like, all right, I just got to get through this one class. Well, then you meet these colorful, this colorful cast of characters. Which was great. Who all have, I thought it was, it was one of my favorite parts, just going through everybody and their obvious anger issues. And I just, I love that with Adam Sandler movies, there's a recurring cast, and I'd love to see everybody play different roles roles um because you recognize them from so-and-so person in this movie and whatever so the very very sneaky guy (laughs) right so to see the the very very sneaky guy be you know this be chuck this this horribly he played it well too man somebody that go off like get pissed off at a fucking drop of a hat so you've got you know lou who is you know, a flamboyantly gay Hispanic man who's dressed like Chad at an x-ray show and <laughs> fucking he's, you know, 
I, I loved his like story. Like I told you not to go there, and yeah, you know, I like I told him like I I told him not to go there, and he wouldn't leave me. Like I was fucking up at work, and I told my boss to leave me alone, and my boss didn't leave me alone. So next thing I know, I'm standing over him on the ground, going, "I told you not." Like I don't know, I loved it, and then you have the you know angry sports dude and the porn chicks, and that's I, part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just love their delivery of like why they're in anger management. And it's like, you know, we're in the adult industry and this is my bitch. And, you know, it's totally cool. Like she was, you know, fucking this dude, but it was totally cool because that's part of the job. And then we brought the dude home and then she was kissing the dude. And that's not okay because that's not part of our agreement. So I bit off her toe and then he got mad and then nobody talks to my bitch that way. So I've like sliced off his ear or some shit like that. And I was like, huh, interesting. (laughs) But it was so, like, out there. It was, like, I don't know. It was kind of believable, kind of not believable, but it was still funny. Yeah, it was funny. As it hell. was just outrageous yeah. enough to be funny. Show. And uh, the <laughs> best part. Well, then they proceed to it, make out, so I'm guessing that was the part Derek was waiting for to be like, yeah, that was the best part. Yeah, no, I mean, that was the best part. <laughs> That's when sure. you find yeah. out, too, that Buddy's got a little creepy vibe to him. Creepy. Yeah, he's a, he's a creepy dude. He's a creeper, I mean, dude. All of, the, all of the characters, you know, they were they were there to do whatever they were there to do. They provided a little bit of the comic relief. And, you know. I didn't think it was all that funny, but I could see why somebody might think it was funny. <laughs> so when they get to Dave and he points out that there's buddy points out that there's a new person in the group and they get to Dave and he's obviously pushing Dave's buttons and Dave has a little explosive moment. Um, he's asking who you are and Dave's like, well, I'm, I do this and these are my hobbies. Like, no, Dave, I'm not asking what your job is. I'm not asking what oh, your I love hobbies that he are. Pl- prying into his pistol. Right. And he's like, man. what do you want me to say? And he just has this explosive moment. And everybody's like, ooh, damn, Dave. Like, yeah, this, okay, we know why God you're damn. here. You guys were not, that's not frustrating to you to watch that shit, to watch it and be like, <laughs> Dude, and, be like my and be like, this motherfucker right here is just getting fucking poked and prodded for no yeah, fucking so reason, good. dude. But it maybe was like, he needs that. He's so passive, was, and he's been a doormat his entire adult life. But has he? He's just been a fucking dude working at a fucking place, man. He's got a girlfriend. He's got a dead-end job. Yeah, you he can't kiss his girlfriend in public because he's still traumatized from being a kid. He gets run over at work. He's vying for this promotion. His, his boss is obviously a dickhead. His girlfriend's best, best friend, friend got a big a, old dick. He's got... <laughs> A fucking creepy vibe, but a giant schlong. I don't fucking know. So he's a fuck. Basically, he's a fucking regular guy. He's a regular guy who tries to be polite <laughs> when going out and fucking public. I mean, there's a, any number of motherfuckers out there who hate their fucking job, who've got a dickhead boss. So you're saying got, it's a realistic character? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> honestly, honestly, his fucking that's that was what's so fucking frustrating about it. But the is people because, who love him in his life. Or want fucking, to push him enough to break him out of this funk to see the bird fly from the nest. No, they go so far as to fucking mentally break him fucking down, force him to fucking feel as inadequate as fucking possible, throw him through a fake judicial system for months and months on end. All for what? It worked, though. <laughs> did it work or yeah, did it not work? I, I would say it didn't work because really, I mean, at the end of the movie, it... I mean, we ain't even there yet. Listen, if I can keep this is going to be a four right, part series going. right here. Dude. We're like an hour in already. <laughs> um, so, uh, after his explosive, you know, what episode in class, he goes up to Buddy. And he's like, "Can you sign these papers?" And Buddy's like, mm, "See, here's the problem. There are two types of angry people in the world. There are implosive and explosive people. Explosive people are he used like a cashier." Um, like a cashier customer scenario and said, you know, the explosive anger in the world is the customer uh, yelling at the cashier for whatever. Implosive anger is the cashier standing day, day after day after day, enduring this, this verbal abuse basically. And they end up shooting the entire, you know, grocery store up. And Dave's like, no, I'm, I'm just the dude in the freezer section, you know, calling 911. Like I'm not explosive or I'm not implosive anger. You know, I'm good. And he's like, no, no, I think you'd benefit for from like 30 hours, like double the time in my program. Like yeah. you don't need 30 hours. He's you like, you're right. You hours. don't need 30 hours. <laughs> you, you, that's never going to be enough. <laughs> right. So then he pairs him up with Chuck, who has been pretty much verbally psycho, abusing dude. him. Because uh, Buddy says in the meeting, like, Dave assaulted a flight attendant midair. And Dave's like, no, I didn't. And, and Chuck's <laughs> like, 
oh, you like beating women, huh? <laughs> you a woman beater, huh? So Chuck's very unstable. It just lends to the comedic effect of it. So he pairs Chuck and Dave up as Fury Fighters or Anger Buddies or Anger. what is it? But yeah, anger Fury, allies. Fury, That's his anger ally. Anger Fury ally. fighters was also something that they yes, said. they were yeah. called Fury fighters, yeah. and just the little names. <laughs> so the Fury fighters paired up. Him, uh, Dave and Chuck become anger allies, and uh, the Chuck shows up later at his house and says that he's having like an episode. So I guess it's like your uh, <laughs> sponsor for any kind of like anonymous program or twelve step program. So they go out. Chuck demands that, you know, they go sit down for a drink and Chuck purposefully starts a bar fight um, (laughs) where (laughs) I've been in those scenarios. (laughs) So Chuck's like saying this dude's like eyeballing him and the dude's obviously not paying him any attention. (sighs) So Chuck just goes up and starts shit with this dude. And this dude is with a blind guy at the bar. And so the blind guy, I guess, just starts whacking with his like fucking cane or whatever and hits Dave. And then Dave tries to take away the cane, which the blind guy in the bar is one of Jack Nicholson's personal friends, like one of his best friends that yeah, he brought Harry, in to do the role. Harry cool. Dean Stanton. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, look, I'll do the movie on one condition. <laughs> My buddy <laughs> is playing a role. Also the, the, the catalyst for the funniest, absolute funniest part of the movie. It was, it was a hilarious scene. No, no, not that, that, not that, that wasn't the hilarious scene. The hilarious scene was later on when they were all in court. And Harry Dean Stanton's blind ass is oh, sitting yeah. there, and that motherfucker throws a tennis ball at his face. Now, that, <laughs> yeah. that shit was the that, fun- shit. that was the funniest part of the whole movie. That so that's what happens after the bar fight. They end up back in court. Yeah, they're back in court. And the judge yeah, is dude. like sentencing him to it's like two time, to five right? years or some shit like that, and, like an assault <laughs> on a blind man. And and he's sitting there with a fucking neck brace on, with his sun or his glasses, uh-huh. like sunglasses on, and the cane. And he's like, "You attempted to take." The, a walking stick away from a blind man after assaulting him like he just kept like burying himself deeper and deeper and then buddy comes into the courtroom well no, then the lawyer's the like do we really even know he's oh, yeah. blind uh, he takes his the shittiest up, lawyer in the world just hits him and it just smacks him so he's like, what fuck is he just- i love <laughs> the thought behind this so it's like the lawyer is, is sitting in his office like trying to get strategy on how he's going to approach this case for his client he's like man maybe this motherfucker ain't even blind i'm gonna bring a tennis ball into this courtroom <laughs> room and check it at his face and prove that this man's not blind well you know tennis ball gets chugged he's actually blind and that was the funniest part of me <laughs> i got the best laugh hey remind me there. on the chat show to tell you a story about what my dad told me about a blind guy once it was pretty funny oh, just remind God. me all right <laughs> go ahead Chelsea. so then uh so in the kerfluffle in the bar, uh, Dave comes back with the cane. So that's what it was. He broke the cocktail waitress's nose yeah. <laughs> after trying. So she's like, you're telling me that you assaulted a blind man. And in that assault, while attempting to take away a blind man's cane, you elbowed a waitress in the nose while attempting. You assaulted this cocktail waitress while attempting to take this blind man's cane. So he was just looking like a complete bag of shit. Buddy comes in and says, hey, I think he could benefit from my radical round-the-clock therapy, which after court... Buddy shows up at Dave's house and <laughs> he's with, moving in. Yeah, with bags and all kinds of shit. And so uh it just gets better from there. Um He's making him cook breakfast for him and shit. <laughs> I love it when he tells him uh he's like, well, I only got one bed and then it cuts to the scene they're both in bed together. <laughs> yeah, so Buddy's explaining to him how this is gonna work. That he's going to be around him 24-7 to see how he handles situations in everyday life and whatever arises. Um, You know, we've already seen the introduction of Andrew, who is Linda's best friend from college. What a big um, old dick. With, with, with a big dick. Because um, he catches Adams at the toilet. They're both pissing. And oh, Adam's yeah. looking, and he catches him looking. And I forgot what he said, but he's like, He just looks at me and goes, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That real good feel. Yeah, because then uh, Dave comes in and asks Linda if he grew up near like a nuclear power <laughs> yeah. plant or something like that. Oh, shit. And she's like, no, why? I don't. Is it really big? Yeah, she's like, why is it really big? And he's like, no, actually, it's the opposite. It's hideously tiny. Like, I don't I don't understand how he's gotten this far in life. It's a little funny colored, too, kind of thing. Um, so he's basically prodding, trying to figure out if Linda slept with this dude or not, and she hasn't. And so now Buddy's moved in. And it's he's explaining how it's going to go. Dave's obviously adversely reacting to this news. He gets handed a tape recorder to be able to record the moments 
when he feels angry. And that's when Dave says, clicks on the recorder and is like, I'm feeling very angry right now that I only have w- one bed in this apartment. And that's when Buddy's like, you know, they, it, they're laying in bed together. It cuts to the scene. He's like, you know, in Europe, it's not uncommon for five or six men to share a bed together <laughs> or whatever. It's obviously a smaller bed. It's like a full or queen yeah, size bed. So they're shoulder to shoulder. And then Buddy's like, also, uh, I like to sleep in the nude. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. he starts disrobing underneath the sheets and boxers come flying. Shirt comes oh, off. He shit. rolls over and starts spooning with them. And so he's on the floor. Um, me and Derek, fart, well, he farts. Me and Derek shared a few yeah, beds before. Well, yeah, no, we definitely have. He farts. He goes, you hear that bullfrog? Yeah, that was another. That was like something my dad would say. Yeah, that was like that was a kind of a funny moment too. Well, that's our kind of one of our running things in the house. It's like you hear that frog, you hear that duck, you hear that fucking barking spider. You know. Um. So Dave ends up sleeping on the floor, and uh, Buddy wakes him up the next morning. How does he wake him up? I can't remember. He's just standing over top. Just, of yeah, him. I think he's yeah. just standing over top, wakes him up, and he's like, "It's five thirty in the morning." He's like, but you got to make me breakfast. Yeah. yeah, he's like, "I don't have to be. I don't have to be up for work for another thirty minutes." He's like, "Yeah, but you you need time to make my breakfast. I want wheat toast dry. Uh, you know, two eggs over easy, and blah blah blah." So Dave's making this, and he gives him fried eggs, and uh, Buddy Rydell uh responds by throwing, heaving the entire breakfast plate at the wall, and he said, <laughs> yeah. "I said." over easy and he's like what was the lesson i was trying to teach you like (laughs) the difference between healthy anger and or like justified anger and not justified anger so everything all these like horrible little things buddy is doing to antagonize dave is supposedly for some greater good some lesson um so i still don't know what that is So then there's some dialogue and talking and uh, Dave's like, I got to get ready for work. And Buddy's like, oh, yeah, what time do we have to be at work? And Dave's like, what do you mean we, you know? This is one of my favorite scenes going up, dude. What? Go ahead. No, just when when they go in the office and there's the banter in between, uh, and oh, Jack and Nicholson Andrew. is like saying this shit, dude, and he keeps calling. Oh, the, and the boss. Oh, yeah. Fran. So that's what happened. Well, then <laughs> we have the whole Fran, bridge part. Fran. We're not quite there yet. Um. So they're getting ready for work. He's already ill because he's going to be late for work. So Buddy does the whole getting ready thing. And um, they're on the bridge driving. And he's, like, got eight minutes to get to work. And he's not. He's having, like, some kind of anger issue. So Buddy just pulls the e-brake, shuts the car off, and goes through this whole thing about, like, you can't go any further until you calm the fuck down. And he's trying to teach him, I guess, a calming like some kind of calming thing or whatever. And it ends up with them singing. I feel pretty from West side story. I loved it. It was one of my favorite parts in the movie. <laughs> Derek's just giving too. me this disdainful Dude, this look. It was so fucking unnecessary yeah, and it. didn't provide anything for the movie. Derek. <laughs> it was boom, just boom, not boom. even funny. Derek. <laughs> it's Okay. No, I'm I'm just listening. I'm 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 having to relive this fucking horribly mundane movie scene by scene. So, <laughs> so they uh, they sing the song. Finally, they're on finally on way to work again, yet again. So the next scene, it cuts to them getting into the office. He's showing up. He's like, hey, you're late. He's, you're always late. And he's like, no, actually, I'm never late. Like, this is the first time I've yeah. ever been late in my five-year career yeah. working for you. But you know what? You're right. Don't worry about it. So obviously showing that Dave's a pushover. And uh, Then he turns his work in and the other – Yeah, been so basically what it's, what's happening is that uh, he's the secretary for the CEO of this petware company. Um, Dave came up with a new line called the Husky Cat line in its clothes. Pretty damn cute. Chunky. Cat. Um, Meatball the cat. He actually wore a fat suit in the movie. I mean, if it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't a fat suit, dude, that was the most fucking. It yeah. was, and it's not like I haven't seen fucking grotesquely obese cats before, but uh, bro, they would have had a hard time with it, with with that. Like, well, Meatball that. had a fat suit, and they also kept extra fans around Meatball to keep him from getting overheated because of this fat suit. So Meatball had this entire like crew around him, like catering to him, pampering him. Well, I like that. Movie. I like that bit of trivia right there. Bro, if there ever was a cat to play Garfield in a real live action movie, <laughs> that was the one. That bro. was a fat ass cat, dude. He was fat. He was cute. He yep. just sat there with his little fucking little bonnet and little sunglasses. 
dresses, oh, yeah. whatever he was wearing. I loved when he put the the he had the sweater on him, and it was like a baggy sweater uh-huh. to hide the, the chonkness. Yeah, yeah. And then he puts the little like beret, the, bo- the, bo- uh, the bonnet or the whatever, and he's like, and then you tie it up and draw up the bow, and away goes the double chin. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's the cutest yeah. thing ever. But during the um the interaction with Frank, Dave's boss, um. Buddy basically comes in and is explaining to him why he's there and, you know, why are you, why would you treat uh, a- Dave's anger, like he gave it some kind of name, like anger, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't remember. I have no idea. I don't know, <laughs> um, but he, you know, he's, it's an illness, it's no different than like having like diabetes or whatever like mm. you can't help it so why would you you know so and he keeps calling frank fran yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like over and over again so he's like fran why wouldn't you blah 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 and that's when dave has another he's like it's frank and so frank. right and so frank's looking at him like oh, oh shit. shit he does have anger problems right so buddy it's just another display of how buddy continuously pushes dave to the edge of frustration and into the explosive anger manipulates yes Fair funny enough. as fuck, dude. I laughed so hard during that sequence. So after uh, the whole thing with Frank enter Andrew at the cubicle after they do the uh, you know little scene with Meatball and dressing him up, and Andrew's like, "Hey, you know what's going on?" And it's like, uh, uh, "Buddy's like, oh, this is Linda's Andrew kind of thing." And you can see the outline of his, of his pecker dick <laughs> through his fucking khakis. And um, Buddy's just mean mugging him the whole fucking time yeah. and talking to him like shit and treating him like shit. Um, Andrew basically says that he plays golf with Frank all the time. And Dave's like, well, I play golf. Like, I wanted to play golf with him for years kind of thing. So Andrew's like, yeah, he's like best friends with my dad kind of thing. So he's that entitled kind of frat boy type already. And then, uh, oh, shit, I just blanked. Oh, and then that's when Buddy sees the picture of Linda and Buddy's extra oh creepy over over <laughs> yeah. Linda kind of thing. And he's sitting there, his foot's bouncing like he wants to be like, man, give my goddamn picture back. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so then they leave work and he, we're at the confronting Arnie Shankman part. So from the beginning of the movie, Arnie Shankman is the bully who ultimately like caused all of this hoopla in Dave's life yeah. because he's the one that pants did uh dave what was the well word? Pa- well now it would be pants with Pence, a d Pence but did. before it's pants pantses <laughs> because you said he pants he pantses him Pence, um, Pence. the uh well we skipped the, the we skipped the whole reason why they actually go to see archie is that arnie arnie um <laughs> is because uh they got a call from or well uh dave got a call from uh buddy's mom Basically, say our buddy's mom. No, that was, this was before that. No, this is. Oh, we're talking about the uh, when they go. Oh, to the, we we did we met. Cause yeah. this was. Well, now. The, yeah, this was on their way back. We from all Boston. fucked up right now. Oh shit! <laughs> it's all good. Go ahead, roll with it. Dave. Yeah, they. Uh, all right, so essentially, long story short, somebody calls Dave and tells yeah, Dave buddy's that assistant. Buddy, that yeah, buddy's yeah. assistant says that buddy's mom is going in for minor surgery in Boston. They live in New York. Um, so they have to go basically there. There's a fucking, Oh, that's right. There's a thing about a joke. It wasn't really even a joke. It was Dave telling buddy that his mom was having serious surgery, Buddy had this weird breakdown. He didn't tell now. He didn't say that she was having serious or, surgery. Yeah, she, all right. He said, he said, <laughs> he said when is, serious? when is surgery? Not, not right. serious because he then, saw an opportunity to, to get, get buddy off his there. case yeah. and yeah. get him the fuck away from him. So he's like, yes, this yeah. is the perfect opportunity. Him being continually, continuously through the movie, the nice, normal guy that he is. He didn't even lie to Buddy, but he used, uh, you know, the way he, was, he talked. He, it was opportunistic. Yeah. Uh, any at any rate, they he ended up telling Buddy that he's actually or that she's not having serious surgery; she's having minor surgery. Regardless, they both end up going to Boston. There's a weird scene where Buddy fucking knocks some dude's car off of a fucking bridge. Oh, I love uh, that scene. Uh, for well, for, somebody they were le- going to leave, and yeah. the guy parked directly behind him on this like parking garage that you need a, an elevator to get to. Apparently, we're not city folk. We don't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I've never know been what the fuck New York that thing City, was. So I guess you get on this giant fucking lift, and your car goes up and down like one of those Carvana slot machine, not slot machine, Some, but car <laughs> machines. I don't know what happens. I don't know what goes on in New York, but uh, so, buddy. 
like takes a or he's like choosing between like a golf club and a baseball bat, which I think I read something that there was like a significance to that in refer, reference to uh, a older Jack Nicholson movie. The Shining. Was it? Yeah. Uh-huh. It had to be. It's when Jack Torrance grabs the baseball bat and he's threatening Wendy on the staircase. Oh, no. Buddy picks up a golf club and a baseball bat before choosing the baseball bat to smash the window of the Lexus that was parked behind him. In 1994, Jack Nicholson was cited for smashing a man's window with a golf club in a bout of rage. (laughs) Okay. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I I like, I like both stories. Little hidden gems. Little hidden gems. But uh, anyway, so he, he knocks the, uh, or he backs up so that he can reverse and in doing so, he's taking the guy's parking brake off, and the fucking car just continues to roll. <laughs> right falls, off the side. I don't he know how many stories. Bumper to bump, like bumper to fender, and moves it back a little bit. And I guess he moved it back. I guess he, I don't know. It just kept rolling. And he was like, you know, I left my insurance information, like explaining to Dave, because Dave was like, how is that not excessive? Yeah. He was like, well, if I were acting out of anger, would I have had been in the, the frame of mind to leave my in- card and my insurance information <laughs> while vandalizing this man's property kind of thing? Destroyed it. Yeah, completely it destroyed it. Absolutely. I fell how many stories. So, yes, they go to, to Boston. I forgot about the whole Boston part for some yeah. reason. So while they're in Boston... Um, they go to a restaurant. I guess his mom, uh, Dave, was mad because his mom had something like a jelly bean removed from her nose or yeah, some shit. I that was a minor was. surgery. And so they're sitting in this restaurant and in comes Heather Graham's character, Kendra. She's sitting at the bar and Jack Nicholson's like, you know, hey, um, go pick up, go try to pick up that woman, basically. And Dave's like, no, I'm good. I'm with Linda, blah, blah, blah. And Buddy convinces, and he's like, hey, I'll I'll let you out of my program if you go do what I say. So he approaches Kendra, Dave does, and tries to pick her up. And he's very, um, very timid and very nervous. And she's like, you know, go away, pretty much. And Dave was like, I tried, I didn't get anywhere. And he was like, if you go back over there, and say, I'm so sorry, I was so rude before, but it's hard for me to do something. Talk to a pretty girl talk like Talk to you. a pretty girl like you while I'm on the verge of exploding in, in my, my pants. pants. <laughs> and Dave's like, I'm not fucking saying that Dude, shit to that girl. I was hysterically, son. <laughs> no? No, I was no Derek? Not even fucking. It's such a stupid thing to say. Oh, it's funny. The <laughs> point was... <laughs> And I think the point that Buddy was trying to make was if you deliver anything with confidence, you can get somewhere. I think the point that Buddy was trying to make was, uh, trust me, I'm fucking, well, I know what I'm talking about. Kind of, sort of, which we find out the whole thing's a fucking setup anyways. He did, Buddy orchestrated this entire scenario that like we're about to go through. the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, the entire movie is all because Buddy came up with this fucking... Why do you feel the need to just give everything away? Oh, shit. Like halfway through. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, my God. Who to All right. Well, we're done. Chad just gave away the ending of the movie. All right. So. Well, it's, it's only an hour and a half. <laughs> well, so that so for whatever reason, you know, Buddy's got this gorgeous girlfriend. And if he's as big of a fucking pushover loser as they're trying to make him seem, I don't think he would have this gorgeous well-educated fucking, you know, successful girlfriend. Yeah, but how often do you see but, guys with hot girls that makes no sense? I've known not many, not, not that many really. Well, Linda yeah. was you know she's dark hair and whatever, and she's a teacher, like a poetry teacher. And then they played off the the uh, what you call it? I I can't word tonight. They play off the trope of like the blonde bombshell kind of thing with Heather yeah. Graham's character, yeah. so. which she which she was. But of course, she was Marissa Tomei. Yeah, Marissa Tomei is an extremely gorgeous woman, and yes, with in all and for all intents and purposes in real life, you've got a goofy looking Adam Sandler with this beautiful woman. But in the movie, she's just a normal plain Jane like poetry teacher, and then you have a blonde bombshell at the fucking bar, and so Buddy's telling him, "Hey, go pick this girl up," and it's part of this lesson and confidence gets you whatever. So the planted line that Buddy gives him. Because uh, Kendra was one of his uh, anger management students back in the day, I guess, and owed him a favor or some shit. So he 
creates this rapport with Ken- Kendra and then looks over after several drinks and sees that Buddy's gone while Dave doesn't know where his house in Boston is. So Kendra offers to drive him wherever he needs to go or drive like she, hang out at her house, hang out at her house. And if he until, you know, Buddy contacts him or whatever. So he's trying to figure it out. He's looking through the phone book. And so we see Kendra is completely neurotic about her weight, which obviously she's, you know, skinny, whatever. Um, and she keeps telling Dave about all these instances where guys won't fuck her because she's fat. So then he's like giving her all these compliments. Kendra takes it a little too far, starts disrobing and she was hilarious. Yeah. And, and he's like, you know, you're, you're very beautiful, but I have a girlfriend and she's like, Oh, Oh, it was all fine in the bar. But now that I'm naked in front of you and it's, it's time to do it. Now all of a sudden you have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Where was this girl from the whole time? She starts shoving like fucking cupcakes in her mouth and shit and like verbally and physically accosting him. It was pretty funny. So when he gets back to buddy's house in Boston or buddy's mom's house where they're staying, he cusses buddy out and he's like, what the fuck dude? Why did you leave me? And but that's when buddy tells him that it was all a setup. And he said, Oh, by the way, Linda called. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, what did she say? And he was like, Oh, it's all good. You know, blah, blah, blah. I told her that you met a chick at a bar and you went home with her. <laughs> and that's when he was like, you know, that's my revenge kind of thing on you for telling me my mom was having major surgery. And then so that's what Adam Sandler, right? He's like, ha ha, okay, that was funny. So what did you really tell Linda? And he was like, oh no, I was serious about that part. I told Linda (laughs) that you went home with a girl or whatever. (laughs) So on the way back from this trip, where Buddy reveals that he called Linda and smoothed things over immediately um, after. So they introduce some friction for no real reason. (laughs) That was great, dude. I loved it. (laughs) Chester. So they're on their way back from Boston. And Dave falls asleep in the car and they wake up pulling into a monastery. And this is where he's supposed to confront his childhood nemesis, Arnie Shankman. Yeah. <laughs> Arnie is now a Buddhist monk and it is played by John C. Riley. Yes. Who in a bald cap. I love that dude. Man. Yes. Yeah. Who is one of our favorite actors ever. The so, show. Um, so he's trying to go into it peacefully or whatever it gets provoked and there is a a whole fight with monks in a monastery between dave and arnie and um jack nicholson has a gun but it's not a real gun it's a water gun but you don't know that they show him pointer from the glove box right when homeboy gets out it's like oh shit (laughs) i mean the whole scenario was just comical to me so it's confronting his childhood bully and then Things start to fall apart when they get back to New York. Um, I guess Linda and Buddy have been talking and she's telling Dave that Buddy suggested they have a trial separation and Dave ends up relenting, going along with it. And all the guys from the anger management group show up to his apartment looking for Buddy and they were like, oh, by the way, Linda dropped your keys off and she's got a date. She was talking about a date with this dude at eight o'clock at this restaurant. You better go if you want to. So Dave arranges for the two girls, the porn star girls from the group to meet him at this restaurant to try to go see because he's pretty sure it's Andrew that she's going to be with. Yeah, yeah. It ends up being Buddy. And I think this is contrary to whatever feelings you have, Derek, this was the one off-putting part because the timeline didn't make sense, the whole Linda Buddy thing, because you have, like, they separated, and that night he goes to the restaurant, and they have one date, Buddy comes back, um, you know, Buddy convinces Dave that he's only doing this to show Linda what a shitbag all the other dudes are and what a great guy Dave is, and Buddy's like, yeah, I made it miserable for her. I told her I we were taking a t- uh, the bus instead of a taxi because I didn't want to spend money on a taxi, and after I kissed her goodnight, I came back, you know? He's <laughs> yeah. like, well, what do you mean after you kissed her goodnight? And he was like, it was just, you know, a little, little five-minute kiss. And then they kept escalating. He's like, you know, it was a five, little, little five-second, you know, whatever, yeah. and he's like, I just gave her a ten-second friendship. <laughs> You know, yeah. it just kept escalating with all oh, of it. Oh, shit, it was so good, dude. But then the next day, basically, the bad news that Buddy delivers to Dave is, you know, well, you can get out of the program, but, uh, you know, you're not getting Linda back because Linda and I have fallen madly in love. And it ends up uh, there was some dialogue earlier about how Dave was planning on proposing to her Um, because Buddy's like, well, why haven't you locked this down yet? And he's like, well, I was wanting to propose to her at a Yankees game because she's such a huge baseball fan. So that night there happened yeah, to be a Yankees Yeah, what does he say game. to him? Yeah, what does he say to him, though? He's like, oh, that's like the corniest thing yeah, anyone corniest could ever thing do. Ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was like, let me guess. You're going to propose to her at a Yankees game. He was like, how did you know? 
He's like, I just thought of the corniest thing that somebody could do to propose. <laughs> and he was like, no, she'd love it. It would mean a lot to mm. her kind of thing. So that night there's a Yankees game. So Dave pieces together that, you know, Buddy's going to propose to her, like steal his idea of proposing at this Yankees game. And this is the, you know, climax of the movie, basically. Dave comes to the Yankees game in hopes of stopping the engagement between Buddy and Linda. Like I said, so we're in like a day and a half of Buddy and Linda, like supposedly falling yeah, in love. Yeah, like 36 hours. Pretty much. That's the only thing that really threw me off about this whole thing. I didn't think it was believable at all, despite everything else. That's, this the, only, the, that's the only thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. It's New York. Anything can happen in New York. I don't know. Um <laughs> So they're at the Yankees game and there's this awkward due, due to the uh, political climate of the world right now. There was an awkward Rudy Giuliani uh, cameo. Bro, there was an awkward everybody cameo. <laughs> Damn. There was, there was a, a. Well, we did. We did forget to touch down on uh, on uh, Woody Harrelson's character earlier in the movie. Oh, my fucking oh, God. Yeah. How did we forget that? Because that is my favorite fucking scene. So. In regards to the Dave Buddy bed situation or whatever, uh, you know, he Dave calls his lawyer and says, you know, he's doing all these things. And um, the lawyer says, you know, unorthodox, yes, illegal, no. If you can prove that he's being an absolute creep or trying to do something that violates you, then we have a case kind of thing. So Dave's trying to get Buddy to say all of these things that sound, because Buddy's like, you know, I want you to get naked and, oh, yeah. and then strip down for this next therapy. And he's like, what, you're not comfortable with man to man, whatever? And he's like, no, I'm just uncomfortable taking my pants off around you kind of thing. And um, so Buddy's like, get in the car. And then he takes them to this seedy fucking underbridge place where there's a bunch of uh cross-dressing people and woody harrelson's character gets in the car walks up to the car and buddy says you know it's 50 bucks is you know worth your time to get in the back and chat with my friend so this just very awkward cross-dresser named galaxia who hails from a a tiny bavarian village or whatever Mm -hmm. he says and he's just playing this character um and it's uh it's very obviously Woody Harrelson <laughs> it's like in drag that's, that's, that's all it so is so when i lost it the first time cuz i'm i've seen this movie probably 20 fucking times now to be <laughs> honest i i love this movie tbh part of it is i just i love Woody Harrelson's character so he when the first time i saw his face in the window i just absolutely lost it yeah it was hilarious dude so he's in the back seat tickling him with a fucking peacock feather and just like showing dick and everything. He's like, oh, but I'm a lady. Oh, no, I'm not. You know, just like dick and ball thing. He's like, yeah, and that's your dick. And so Dave's recording this whole thing to try to show impropriety in the relationship between Buddy and Dave. And so Buddy calls him out on having the recorder. And he was like, you know, because Dave has an explosive you know, moment and tells he's like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. This is completely inappropriate, and uh, <laughs> that's when uh, Buddy tells Galaxia, he's like, your services are no longer needed, and Woody Harrelson's voice immediately drops. To, you like, guys the lowest, are freaks. Right, the lowest <laughs> register yeah, ever. You guys are freaks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And so now we're, let's get skip says, right back. Yeah, he says, you know, uh, patient has uh, climbed a level two of my program. Yeah. He's now learned <laughs> yeah. the difference between healthy and unhealthy anger, righteous yeah. and unrighteous anger. So fast forward back to the stadium. Here we are, Woody Harrelson again, because uh, Dave tries to jump onto the field. And Woody Harrelson's character, Galaxia, um, he's a security guard at Yankee Stadium. Not so. in drag. Not in drag. And uh, so Dave kind of uses that as leverage to say, hey, I'm trying to get my woman back kind of thing. Yeah. And so this whole kerfluffle happens at the stadium and Dave runs onto the field <laughs> and grabs a microphone and there's a whole Rudy Giuliani thing, which, you know, this movie is almost 20 years old at this yeah. point in time. And it's crazy to see how decrepit. Rudy Giuliani became in in that less than yeah, twenty dude. years. Twenty yeah. years is a long time. Dude, Rudy Giuliani like was the fucking man back in the day, dude. He was the right. he was the guy who fucking. He's like Hugh Hefner, though. Yeah, dude. He, I mean, well, he was the he was the dude who fucking you know 
like captained New York through nine yeah. eleven, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. that was you know he did his he did his, his and also time he was part then, of bringing the mob and shit down, right? Yeah, he. I mean, he yes, did so. uh, he did some good work. He was there. a legend yeah. on them streets. Yeah, now he's not so much that. Now he's yeah. like the butt of every political joke mm-hmm. in this day and age. Yep. I just I don't know. Um, oh, how the mighty fall. Uh, so the whole thing is Dave publicly announces his love for Linda. He's like, Hey, don't do it, but he's a creep. Don't, you know, and, and Linda says, basically, uh, Dave proposes Linda says on one condition, if you'll kiss me in front of all these people. So Dave goes to her, they kiss in public, but he's at the top of the stairs at the stadium. He put, you know, congratulations shadows (laughs) with the, the angelic light coming from behind him. He's done his good deed. He, he, asked them to put congratulations Dave and Linda on the scoreboard and they live happily ever after and it's like super cute and it so is. they basically <laughs> so Linda lets him know that this is she read Buddy's book this is an entire setup from the flight attendant on to basically help Dave out of this life funk he was in and get over the shit that happened to him back in 78 and uh they're all at like Dave's little graduation party for graduating anger management. Dave to get Buddy back sets up a whole altercation between the dude. Supposedly the uh, Buddy's he uh, Buddy destroyed his Lexus, uh-huh. so he comes in <laughs> yeah, like, with a fucking gun and all kinds of shit, and it ends up being so a you water left gun. your card, yeah. right? <laughs> and, that was great. That was that was a great way to to do. Yeah, and then they all end up. Singing a happy song and dancing in a circle, and yeah. I loved it. I loved it too, Derek. We Derek already know. Looks very so let's go ahead. Not, you know what? Did not love it. I feel like we've probably been talking about this bitch for longer than any other one we've ever talked about. Yeah, pretty long time. Um, so let's do this. We rate it with skulls. I want Derek to start off. Ten skulls. What do you give it? Three. Damn. Son. Ten. No, it's about an eight. It's an me. eight. It's an eight all it's day. It's an eight for me. It's it's a great movie, and I'm sure there's probably not a single person that will listen to this that hadn't already seen it. Yeah, probably. Every motherfucker and his mom had seen it, except for one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's seen it too. <laughs> and I knew I was fucking abstaining from watching it for a good reason. Yeah. This is this will probably pull on or tug on your tiny Grinch heartstrings. Uh, Lynn Thigpen, who played Judge Brenda. Mm-hmm. This was her last feature film. She died a month before the film's release of Damn. cancer. Well, guys, you heard it here first. No one's ever talked about this film ever. <laughs> Anger management. I say, go check it out, man. Go watch it. If you haven't seen it. Hey, if no one's talking about it, at least we are. Yes, we are. It's something you haven't heard before, right? We're only here to give you the best. Yeah, we're, we're here to find those 20 year old movies that no one's watching and remind you how good they are. We needed a laugh. This yeah. is our first comedy that we covered. Yeah, it's it was been great. kind of a darker a tone. So, and I don't know what direction we're going to take for next week. Who's it is my choice. Derek's choice. I feel like there's some retribution ahead. No, it's not going to be retribution. I'm going to, I'm going to pick. I don't know what it is going to oh, be. You don't know what it is. We got to we got to have a talk about what you have and have not seen. Because typically, what it what this is turning into is whoever's choice it is. We want at least one of us to never at least have one seen of it. us to had to yes. have not seen it. So I haven't. We haven't had this conversation. I have yet. watched every Lord of the Rings. I'm not going to pick. <laughs> I'm so not going to pick anything that's like objectively fucking fantastic. Yeah. yeah. How long Dare's does it take to watch all the Lord of the Rings movie. back to back? Fourteen hours. Holy fuck. And I fucking did it in one day at the, it was called Trilogy Tuesday and they sold tickets for it at Carmike Cinema. Me and, uh, me and Matt, we went there at fucking nine in the morning and we didn't get out that bitch until 2 a.m. And dude went immediately Jesus to the studio Christ. and wrote eight songs. It was about fucking, it. it was awesome, dude. It was one of the best days I ever had, man. Oh yeah. So we don't know what we're going to watch guys, but. Okay. We will you'll, you'll find out real soon. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. The Chelster, Chelsea Maniac. You got anything to add? That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to add, boo No, I I had fun with this one. Hey, keep telling your friends. Keep telling. I like everybody. to have a little a little healthy anger from Derek every once in a while yeah. because he's such a happy, upbeat dude on most of everything that we do. So to see him all cross armed and yeah, we just got to pick an Adam Sandler movie. It's <laughs> just it's just time. it's just me sitting here. Like I said, I just watched this you know a couple of days ago for the first time, and now and it was just it was it was fine. It was like 
It was a movie I would never have like watched uh, w- <laughs> willingly. I'm glad we can push you out of your comfort zone. You know, oh, yeah. And uh, and you know having to hear a play by play on it is is you're welcome welcome was. for giving you this life experience. Yes. Okay. All right. We'll go with that. Let's hit that soundtrack, baby. Hey, thank y'all for tuning in. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Derek. Tell somebody. You guys can find us on Spotify, on Anchor, on iTunes, Apple Podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts. We everywhere, we, baby. We all up on the streets. That's it. Uh, if you enjoy movies, uh, tune in. Maybe don't fucking watch Anger Management. No, I'll watch it. The Chad Show.com. I do.